We are the Rookie Phenoms. We have an amazing show for you today. I'm your host, Coop, with my main man, Webb. What up, people? It is Coop's official first, what I would do if I was the general manager for all these teams, mock draft. Webb, are you ready to have my mock draft destroy your mock draft that it's already garbage and I haven't even seen it yet? You make me laugh, Coop. I'm ready. (laughs) There is a little bit of news we have to get to before the draft. And let's start with the evil city of New England. Julian Edelman has been cut by the New England Patriots. He failed the physical on his knee. The Patriots cut him. So he was eligible for injury protection per the CBA. Edelman can collect up to $2 million because of this. After that went into effect, Edelman officially retired from the NFL. Webb, how will you remember Julian Edelman's career? Uh, he's a pet, so I'm not going to remember it very uh, very well. But um, for an undersized guy, very unassuming uh, player, he I think he had a very good career. And he was in the NFL longer than a lot of other receivers who were a lot more athletic and a lot bigger. So I think he overachieved. So it was a very good career, uh, in my opinion. I agree. He had an excellent career. Is he a Hall of Famer? Because I'm kind of torn on this. I'd say no. So I think I'm with you. But the playoff success makes me think that he might get in. And I wouldn't be furious if he did. I think that the that the the voters, like there was a period where like T.O. and Randy Moss weren't getting in. Those guys both didn't win championships. Edelman won championships. So I wouldn't be pissed off if he got in. But um, if I had to vote, I'd probably vote no. He won a Super Bowl MVP, which is pretty rare for a receiver. And he was the reason they won that Super Bowl against your Rams. He was the best player by far in that game. I think he gets in because of the story is a really good story. But I'm not sure he will have deserved to get in. Yeah, I don't think he deserves to get in. He had three seasons of a thousand yards uh, receiving or more. Um, he had two seasons where he caught a hundred balls and one season where he caught 98. So to me, that's very impressive. Um, and yeah, he was a very heavily targeted targeted uh, slot receiver. So I'm I'm not really torn. I don't think he's a <laughs> I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. I think he had a very good career, but. Um, you could be right. Like the, the narrative itself, like could help for him. It's all the little things that don't show up on the stat sheet. It's the blocking. It's the gadget plays. It's that when he played quarterback, like when he would throw the ball, he brought a lot to that offense that made it work. I mean, I assume he sold his soul to the devil, like the rest of the people in New England did, but it's the playoff success is why he might get in. The regular season stats are very pedestrian. He wasn't a great regular season player, but he showed up when it was time to play. I wouldn't vote for him to get in, but I will not be surprised if he gets in eventually. Good career. Congratulations, Julian. Yeah, I'm going to tip my hat off to him. Okay. Alex Rodriguez, the former Seattle Mariner, Texas Ranger, and the New York Yankee, has teamed up with his billionaire buddy, Mark Lore, and they are buying the Minnesota Timberwolves from the Taylor family for $1.5 billion. They are taking part ownership now and they will gain full control in two years. Webb, do you care about this story at all? Yeah, I do care about it. Um, Not that I'm a a Timberwolves fan or anything, but I know that KG and his his party uh, recently lost a bid or had a falling out with Glenn Taylor over the sale of the 
of the Wolves, the KG, who actually played for the Wolves for like the first or the 11 years of his career and um, is by far the best Timberwolf ever. And uh, they had a falling out. Andrew Wiggins has something to say about that, okay? Yeah. Yeah, Wiggins is a close second, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, right. But um, yeah, so I'm interested to... I, I was interested to see who Glenn Taylor was going to sell it to. And I would like to know why um, KG was not allowed to become the new owner. Yeah. I see you flashing the money. I don't think it's just all about money, man. It's a hundred percent about money. If KG offered $1.6 billion, he'd on the team right now. But we don't know That's who KG came in partnered with. If, if KG's team partnership offered $1.6 billion, they'd own the team right now. That's what that's 100%. Whoever offered the most money was getting this team. No, not at all. Come 100%. On. Come on. Yes. Come on. If, 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 if you think this is just about money, that's that's crazy. I, I mean, maybe the KG thing is, but um, in terms of ownership, it's not just who pays the most. Not all the time. The majority of the time, it's who pays the most money. If both offers are the same... They'll look at different things. But it's whoever is going to make the guy the most money. That's who wins. You think yeah. he was going to sell it to KG for $800 million about the... They were never doing that. Like They had to offer $1.6 to get the team. But we don't know what KG offered. If, we, if it, a report comes out that KG offered half the money, then I'll say it fine. But we don't know what KG offered, so we can't say that. If KG's offer was more than $1.5 billion, we would have heard already that the offer was more than $1.5 billion. That would have come out already. Not necessarily. It, it may not have gotten right now. Uh, a Rod and and uh, his his business partner, they haven't actually executed the deal. They're just in the LOI stage, the letter of intent stage. So they have thirty days to get this deal done, and then it's actually going to be official. So KG, it, I don't think KG and his business partners got to that point yet. And I don't, I don't know. We don't know what it is. It, it could have been that KG offered a billion dollars or whatever but maybe not i don't know if he him and glenn taylor have an issue i don't know what happened but i would like to hear what happened i i don't know i honestly don't know i wouldn't be surprised if he offered something close to that oh i'm sure the offer was in the billion range but if it was over 1.6 he would have got the team the nba would have pushed for it to happen the league would have. i don't know i don't think i don't think it's that cut and dry man so in in most major sports the the agents, the CBA, they make the players sign the most, the biggest contract possible. They tell you cannot take less because it pushes down everyone else's salary. I'm pretty sure the owners feel the exact same way. You can't take less because it pushes down the value of our franchises as well. Wait, say that again about the players? I didn't get what you were saying about the players. So in baseball, for example, say the Yankees offer $100 million and the Rangers offer $60 million. The Players Association tells you, take the Yankees offer. Because if you don't, it lowers everybody else's salary. So if you're a good player who took 60, the next good player is going to get offered 65, not 105. They tell you, take the highest offer always. Right. That's the market. Yeah. Saying, I'm sure the owners feel the exact same way. We'll see, man. I'm skeptical. I'm very skeptical. It's a cons- conspiracy web. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's a conspiracy. I think it's 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 there's proof in the pudding, but we'll see. Again, I don't know the details of the KG deal. So, but I wouldn't be surprised if there was something afoot. AJ Bouye has signed with the Carolina Panthers for two years, $7 million. Bouye is an old 29, 
I thought he was much older than that. Uh, he used to be really good. And I was surprised that the type of, that this contract was three and a half million a year. I was really surprised by that number. You thought it was too low? I just, I, th- I remember him being so good. So I was surprised it was this much. But I, I, I remember I haven't really seen him play that much in the last little while. Like he was on Jacksonville and they were terrible. And then he went to Denver last season, which I totally forgot about. And they were pretty underwhelming. So I guess the money makes sense, but I was just surprised it was so little. I like it for Carolina. I, I do. I didn't know he was even 29. I thought he was younger than that. Uh, I thought he was like in his mid-20s for some reason. But he has been in the league for a while, so that makes sense. I um, thought he was like 33. Oh, wow. I thought he was way older than that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's even better for Carolina. They get a, a young-ish uh, corner. and It's good. I, li- I like the moves that Carolina's been making so far. I'm a fan of the move. It was a good signing. It was a really good signing. It's smart, very low risk. That can get out of it really easily. And hopefully he can play in the slot there where he's best. If he plays in the slot, he can still be a really effective corner. Okay, James Conner. The web the, the running back Webb has as the best running back in football. Had surgery today to fix his turf toe. Apparently, he should be healthy by June. He is still a free agent. No one has signed him yet. Webb, what does this do for James Conner's value going forward? Lowers it even more than it already was. Can you uh, get very... lower than zero? Can you get lower than zero? I don't know if you can. Yeah, maybe the league will start taking money back from James Conner. I don't know. They might ask for a refund. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of James Conner. I know you're not either. Uh, Coop was just being ridiculous and saying that he's my favorite running back. Yeah, I I'm, have never exaggerated once on this show's history. I'm not a fan of his, um, but I think he'll sign somewhere. It, it, and, and I think it's because he's young and he he had a year or two of productivity. So I think someone's going to sign him. I don't think he's going to be like the, the bell cow, but um, someone will sign him. He is the definition of signing when someone gets hurt in training camp. That's what's going to happen for him. In August, someone's going to tear their knee and they're going to say, ah, James Connors, we'll give him a million bucks here. Come to the camp. Maybe. That's it. But he's, the thing that he has on his side is youth. Like he's, he's, he's still young. I don't think he's going to get a long deal, but he, I think he can get a two year deal somewhere. You know who else has youth? The rookies that will do it for half the price in the fourth round that are better than James Conner right now. That is true. I think I, I think someone will sign him. It's not like he was bad in Pittsburgh. He just wasn't – he wasn't memorable. They're not going to remember James Conner five years from now. Like, he was fine. That's it. He was just fine. Like, I can't remember a single James Conner run. Like, a good one. I was like, yeah, four yards. That's it. Like, that's what he does. It's three and a half yards. That's it. I'm, I'm not saying I want him on the Rams or anything. Like – but I do think he has a place in the league, especially with these running back committees that are forming. Kind of on topic. Do you know how old Todd Gurley is? Todd Gurley can't be any older than 29. He's 26 years old. Oh, really? Yeah. Why did I think he was so old? Exactly. I heard that today and it blew my mind. I was like, what? I don't know why I thought he was so old. It's because he's been playing for like eight years. Yeah. It's ridiculous, but yeah, he is. It's because he signed the contract early to renew him after three years, and they cut him a year into that. I think he's actually only been in the league like six years when he got in when he was 20. Yeah, I think he, came, I think he was a 2014 pick. Yeah. Wow. In the last story of the day, Jadavion Clowney is meeting with the Cleveland Browns on Wednesday. They expect the deal to get done. What do you think about this? Is he any good? Nah. He's a specialist. But yeah, he doesn't get sacks. He's had three sacks the last two years. 
Yeah. I'm not... He's not the guy that's going to put your team over the top. Like, I don't think if they sign him, they're a Super Bowl contender. I think I think he's like a luxury if you already have depth at the position, but you can't rely on him to, to rush the passer. The injury risk is huge. I think he's actually a good player. He does get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. He's good against the run. It's just the other things. Like, you pay for sacks, and he doesn't get them anymore. So what's the point? I agree. Kate Webb, is there anything you want to discuss or insult me about before we get to my amazing, perfect, 100% accurate mock draft? Um, nothing I really want to discuss, really. Uh, it was pretty sad last week that DMX passed away. Like, I know for people around our age and older, I'm not going to disclose our age, but people around our age and older uh, who remember the 90s, uh and the early 2000s like dmx was huge man like i know like for about a week it was looking pretty grim but it was pretty sad man like the outpouring of support that he's received like across sports and 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 just the just hollywood and the you know the entertainment world um in general like has has been major like his his first two albums were fire like it was crazy the impact that he had on hip-hop in like the late 90s and early 2000s i think uh the rough riders anthem was my first ringtone in high school i don't get my cell phone i think i paid a dollar 99 for that ringtone i think that's i think that's a true story uh, like yeah and, and and there you go like everyone has a i think a story of how his his music or even some of his movies like you remember an impact let's not go too far up. let's not go too far <laughs> No, I'm not saying, no, no, I'm just saying you you probably see them. I'm not saying like they were great. I'm just saying like you probably remember watching them. Was he in Romeo Must Die? He was, right? Yeah, he was, yeah. That was a good movie. That was actually a good movie. Yeah. I'll give him credit and there. Exit Wounds wasn't bad. Cradle to the Grave. Uh, slow it down. Those were both bad movies. <laughs> Romeo Must sure Die was watched, good, though. I I'm did sure watch them for sure. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So yeah, like they, they gave, they gave, they showed him props. They 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 uh, acknowledged him at Madison Square Garden. I was watching watching basketball throughout the weekend, like during every break, every timeout, halftime. They're playing Rough Riders anthem. They're playing Party Up. They're playing uh, just a bunch of uh, hit singles that he had. Um, Get at me, dog. Like a bunch of things. Um, X gonna give it to you. Like a lot that you remember. So it's it's pretty cool. And then and then the UFC fight, like they acknowledged him like first thing. Pretty cool. Yeah, all right, Peter DMX. He was amazing. One of my favorite rappers of all time. Literally, I listen For to sure. like I have on my Spotify playlist. I have three DMX songs out of seventy songs in that playlist. Three. That's a that's a big portion. No, that's that's huge. And and like I was looking at um I was looking at his uh his greatest hits collection, and literally like you know when someone has a greatest hits collection, let's say they have twenty songs, and let's say you know like. All of them. Usually, you probably only like like you're like they're like ah I I could have taken a left this one. Twelve are good. Yeah. yeah, but like on his like nineteen out of twenty songs, like nineteen out of twenty tracks, I was like they deserve to be there. They're classics. They're amazing. Yeah, probably. I haven't looked at the album. Dude. I'll look at his. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'll do it tonight because I love GMX. Yeah. Just an aside. Are you ready for greatness? I'm ready for whatever you're bringing, Coop. <laughs> it's called greatness. Let's get to it. All right. So, Coop, are you ready? I have to ask you. Like, you're on the clock right now, so. I am sure. born ready. 
this draft is like 13 months in the making. I'm ready. I am ready for that. I cannot wait. All right. There's a lot of, a lot of pressure on you. Jacksonville is on the clock right now with the first pick in the 2021 rookie phenoms NFL mock draft. And let's just say, I'm going to sit, repeat it. This is what I would do if I was the gem of each team, not what I think will happen. Not I think what should happen. This is what I would do for each team. Okay. Pick one, Trevor Lawrence, quarterback Clemson. Obvious pick, my favorite player in this draft. The best quarterback I've seen come out since Andrew Luck. Instant top 12 quarterback in the NFL next year. It's going to be amazing. Easiest pick of the draft. All right. I thought you were going to blow that one right there. Fumble at the goal line, but (laughs) I think you made a solid pick. All right. Number two, New York Jets. What do you have? First, first surprise of the draft. Justin Fields, quarterback, Ohio State. Justin Fields is and has been the second best quarterback in the country behind Trevor Lawrence for like six years. In high school, he was second best. In college, he was second best. He is an elite competitor. He had his insides broken in a college championship playoff, and he kept playing against Clemson. He played his best football against great teams. He ran a 4-4-40, and he's a gigantic human being. Elite athlete, elite arm strength. He is not my number two quarterback in this draft, but I think for the Jets, they need to take someone that will re-energize the franchise. And taking Zach Wilson is basically just the souped-up version of Sam Darnold. This is someone totally different that I think will be a better NFL quarterback than Zach Wilson will be. I love Justin Fields' upside, and I think he's going to be... A really special quarterback in like three three years. All right. Interesting rationale. Thank you. He didn't blow that one either. No, two for two. Good job, Coop. Exceeding expectations. That's what I do. Number three, San Francisco is on the clock by way of Miami, who got the pick originally from Houston. Who do you have the 49ers taking with the number three overall pick? So everyone says he's gonna they're gonna take Mac Jones. But in this mock, Zach Wilson is still available. And I think Mac Jones is actually a better quarterback than Zach Wilson right now. But I think that Zach Wilson in Shanahan's offense will be a better player. Zach Wilson can do special things with his arm. He can make throws that Mac Wilson couldn't dream of making. I think that Kyle Shanahan has had a quarterback with an average arm in Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think he sees something special. I think all this hype about them taking Mac Wilson is just a smoke screen. I think they're going to take Zach Wilson or Justin Fields, whoever's there. And Zach Wilson's upside in that Shanahan offense is too much. He can move a little bit in the Shanahan offense. That's really valuable. Mac Jones cannot. So I think they take Zach Wilson. I think they should take Zach Wilson. Sorry. Right. And just as a reminder, uh, this is who Coop thinks the respective teams should select with their pick. Yes. Because we are not lazy and we're not going to (laughs) copy everyone else's mock draft. Exactly. This makes, just makes more sense to do this. All right, number four, Atlanta is on the clock. Who do you have? Uh, Kyle Pitts, tight end from Florida. He is the best athlete. He's the best player in this draft that's not named Trevor Lawrence. This guy's a freak. His body doesn't make sense. He has the longest wingspan of any player ever measured at, at skill catching position. That blew my mind. He's an elite right runner. He is gigantic. I don't understand how he makes sense as a person. Like he is a, he isn't, he is basically Darren Waller 
but better. Like a souped up Darren Waller. Darren Waller is a top five tight end. Kyle Pitts will be a top five tight end in a year and probably higher than that. He is the guy, I think, if stays healthy, he has the best chance of making the Hall of Fame. That's how good this guy's talent is. All right. And um, I have a question for you. Why did you go uh, with Kyle Pitts over a defender? And you may have touched on it in terms of him being the best player other than Trevor Lawrence, but maybe you can elaborate on that a little bit. Uh, so I think Atlanta's defense is mostly going to be terrible and one piece won't fix it. But if their offense can score 45, and their defense only allows 39, they're going to win more games. Matt, Matt Ryan looked best when he had Tony Gonzalez. Like He was excellent when he had a good tight end, and I think giving him a tight end would make that offense one of the best in football. But Julio... Yeah, Kyle Pitts is just too good to pass up on. When you can get elite talent, don't say no to it, because it's not your biggest need. Get the best player and figure things out. Okay. Going with the Dallas Cowboys special. 100%. All right. Cincinnati is on the clock at number five. Who do you have the Bengals selecting? I have been taking Penny Sewell, offensive tackle from Oregon. I want Joe Burrow to stay healthy. I People keep saying, oh, give him a receiver. Give him a receiver. He has two good receivers already. You can find a receiver later. Elite offensive linemen are hard to find. You can almost never get them outside round one. And last year, Joe Burrow got beat the hell up. Towards ACL. Let's stop that from happening. Take the Take Sewell, who's the best tackle in this draft. Elite size, elite movement. And then drops a guy in round two or round three. Like, you don't need a receiver. It's your biggest need. You need to protect Joe Burrow. That's the most important thing you can do for this franchise. Always good to protect the quarterback after they tear their ACL, isn't it, Coop? It would have been better have have done this before, but they did not. So let's... They signed Riley. I've seen people say that, oh, they signed Riley Reef, so why would they do this? Riley Reef is never the answer for why you don't do something. It's not a problem. Rather, you will get over it. It's fine. That's fair. All right. Number six, the Miami Dolphins by way of the Philadelphia Eagles. Who do you have Miami taking at number six? Devontae Smith, wide receiver, Alabama. He is my number one receiver in this draft. He is a complete game changer. Uh, people say he's too skinny. I don't care. He reminds me of Marvin Harrison. He has that kind of frame. He could probably gain 10, 12 pounds and be fine. I just, he does everything so well. He's an elite route runner. He's sneaky fast. He runs away from guys all the time. In the college championship final, the final game, everyone knew the ball was coming to him and he was still 20 yards open. He is elite. I love his game. I would be shocked if he wasn't a star. I think he's going to be excellent. All right. Speaking of excellent, here's an excellent team coming up. Number seven, the Detroit Lions. They're on the clock. Detroit has some issues. I think this will be my first shock of the draft. I haven't taken Christian Derrissaw, offensive tackle from Virginia Tech. He is my number two tackle in the draft. He is a gigantic human being. 6'5", 320, 315. He's an excellent mover. Their new head coach, Dan Campbell, is a tight end. Did that his whole career. He wants to play smash mouth football. I'm pretty sure in his press conference, he said he was going to bite guys. You want to do that, you get an offensive line, and you build around that. Derrissaw is, he's not quite the athlete Sewell is, but he's close. You just, he's so big. I know people say Rashawn Slater is better than him, but I have some issues with that. But I think Derrissaw is the second best pure left tackle in this draft and protect Matt's. Protect Jared Goff because we both know Detroit's not going to do it. Like they gave him nothing. <laughs> Jared Goff is the answer. 
sorry, is the future in Detroit. So unfortunately, that's what they have. Uh, next is Carolina at number eight. Who do you have the Panthers taking? I have them taking Rashawn Slater, a guard from Northwestern. People keep saying he's a tackle. I don't see it. He's short. He has short arms. He could end up being a tackle. That happens, but I think he has a chance of being a Pro Bowl guard. I just, he's not as, like, he's very physically strong, but the base isn't there. He can get pushed around. Uh, people keep saying his, he's so good because he beat Chase Young a year, two years ago in college. I just, I'm not sold that he can be a tackle in the NFL. I think he's going to be a guard. I think Carolina needs a guard. They like to run the ball with McCaffrey. Put him there. Don't look back. All right. Number nine is Denver. Who do you have them selecting? I have them taking Trey Lance, quarterback, North Dakota State. So my thinking on this is if I'm the general manager of Denver, you can't take a guy in Mac Jones who has similar skill set to Drew Locke. He's a better quarterback than Drew Locke, Mac Jones, but you need to take upside. Say this guy has things that Drew Locke could never do. And Trey Lance is the most physically gifted of any of these quarterbacks in this draft. He's the most physically gifted. I think that the Broncos could say, hey, look at this. This guy is a freak, and we're going to get this to be the best quarterback in football in two years. Drew Locke's here for now, but we're going to build to this. I think you could sell that really easily, and I think in two years, if in five years, Trey Lance is the best quarterback in this draft, I will not be completely surprised. I think it would be Trevor Lawrence, but I would not be surprised at all if it's Trey Lance. He's that He has that much upside as quarterback. Interesting pick. Number 10, the Dallas Cowboys. Who do you have Dallas taking? Patrick Sertain, cornerback, Alabama. They need a corner so bad. I think the fans will ride if they don't take one. Uh, this guy's 6'2". He gets comp to Jalen Ramsey. That's kind of what I see when I play when he plays. He's really big. He's physical. His dad was a Pro Bowl corner, so he has great bloodlines, which I always like. I think this pick makes the most sense of any pick in this draft. Like This is a perfect fit for the team. It, it works 100%. If he's on the board, Dallas better take him. He's really good. All right, sounds good. Staying in the NFC East at number 11, the New York football giants. I'm taking Jamar Chase, wide receiver, LSU. I like Jamar Chase. I really do. Uh, People keep saying that he's the best receiver in this draft, and I don't think he's better than Devontae Smith. He does everything well, but he's not elite at anything. He's not super fast. He's fast, but he's not like, he's not blow by you speed. He has good hands. They're not elite like Smith's. He's, he wasn't asked to run many routes at LSU, but he's he's proficient at what he's asked to do. Uh, the comp I keep seeing for him is a faster Anquan Bolden, which is excellent. But I'm not sure he's as physical and as dominant as Anquan Bolden was. The body type I see, but he's 6'1". He looks bigger on film, but I'm not sure that he's going to be the best receiver in football ever. I'm not even sure it's going to be the top. I'm not sure your team is a Super Bowl contender if he's your number one receiver. I think like Anquan Bolden, him being the number two guy is when he's best. So I, I, I like him a lot, but I'm just not sure. I don't see the elite stuff everyone else sees. Okay. Pretty good rationale. Like, I, I, I really do like him, but I just, I don't, I'm trying to justify what, like he's, a, he's going 11. It's still really good, but I think he's great. I think him and Kenny Galladay makes perfect sense by that. That is what he needs to be on a team like that makes it's the best place for him to succeed. Okay. Um, Staying in the NFC East still uh, Philadelphia Eagles by way of uh, 
Miami Dolphins and San Francisco 49ers. Uh, who do you have the Eagles taking? So the Eagles need a cornerback and they need a receiver. I want Jalen Hurst to succeed. So I'm giving him the receiver. Jalen Waddle, wide receiver, Alabama. He played with Hurts. Jalen Waddle has Tyreek Hill type speed. He's not quite as fast, but he has that breakaway speed that you could not, you can't defend. He had injury concerns last year. He didn't play for a while, but he has some. If he is the best, most explosive weapon in the NFL, I would not be shocked because he's that he's that kind of athlete. He is so fast. He's a better route runner than Henry Ruggs was last year coming out. He went 14th, I think. Waddle is a great player, and I think he's going to be a really good weapon in the league for a long time. I have a question for you. Um, with the Giants and the Eagles, you took receivers in your or in the episode that we had where we identified team needs, I think you identified the Giants and the Eagles as having a defense or def- defensive positions as one of their needs, if I'm not mistaken. Is there a reason why you took receivers uh, so instead of addressing defense? For Philadelphia, I had the biggest need at receiver. For the Giants, I had it as guard and center and outside rusher. So receiver for Philly was their biggest need. And for the Giants... I just didn't see a, a guard there for, with, that was good value. So I took the best player on the board. The best player for what they needed to do. Okay. They signed Galladay to a lot of money, but I think they still need to improve more. Okay, my mistake. That's okay. I had to go check now. To make it. I, like, like, I think I, I had to look up and make sure, but yeah, I hit the Giants. There wasn't their biggest need, but I think that opportunity with Waddle there made too much sense. Okay. All right, the Chargers are next at number 13. Los Angeles is on the board. Who do you have? Alihai Vera Tucker from uh, an offensive tackle from USC. This dude is just mean. Uh, so he kind of has the Rashawn Slater body where he's a little short, little shorter arms, but he has a stronger base. I would let him try being a tackle first. And if he failed their him inside to guard where he could be excellent. I think the Chargers need to protect Justin Herbert at all costs. Could you see Justin Herbert being a top five quarterback next year? Is that possible to you? That's that's early, but um, maybe. Uh, but I think only if well, Bre- Breeze is gone now. Um, I think it's possible. Maybe number five. I think it's possible. Yeah, sure. I think he could be in that conversation. He needs protection, and I think just getting him the best player that you can there makes sense. I think he can play tackle. I'm not 100, percent but I know he could be an elite guard. He played left tackle. He had right tackle in college. He did some guard as well. I would try him at left tackle and see what happens. But if not, I'd move him to left guard and I would look. You're good for 10 years. This guy is that kind of player. All right. That was good. Minnesota is next at number 14. Who do you have the Vikings selecting? This was a hard pick for me because I know they're going to take a cornerback. I'm 100% sure of it. It's going to happen. I guarantee it. But do you know how much Minnesota spends on their offensive line out of 32 teams? Where do you think they rank? Minnesota? Yes. Uh, I don't know. Probably near the end or the bottom, I should say. They're the 32nd team in spending on the offensive line. Good on they them. Don't, and they, don't, they don't do it. And they just cut Riley Reef. Exactly. So I gave them the meanest tackle in this class, Tevin Jenkins, Oklahoma State. He's their immediate tackle starter at right tackle. Uh, this dude finished blocks. He wants to hurt you. He kind of has that Quentin Nelson attitude where he's going to just punish you. 
for playing football against him. Could you imagine Dalvin Cook with a good offensive line? How good he could be? He's already excellent. Give him better players. He's He could be the offensive player of the year. He's that good. So I went offensive tackle, Tevin Jenkins, Oklahoma State. Nice. And thinking of uh, Dalvin Cook having those holes to run through is pretty scary. You paid Dalvin Cook. Now give him give him line to cook. Like let him cook. I agree. Ooh, your favorite team is up next, Coop. The Patriots of New England are on the board at number 15. Who do you have them taking? This one broke my heart, man. I was really upset by this because it's Mac Jones, quarterback Alabama. And if this happens, I might riot. I'm going to be furious if this happens. I think Mac Jones is the second best quarterback in this draft. I really like him. The upside isn't as high, but I think the floor is higher than basically anyone but Trevor Lawrence. I think I could see any of these guys being out of the league in six, seven years. I think Mac Jones is in the league for 15 years. I really do. And I am furious that he gets them. Uh, Bill Belichick and Nick Saban are the best friends. Bill Belichick has the inside scoop on this. I'm going to be furious if it happens. Like so upset. That's interesting. Mac Jones doesn't sound like a, a Patriots quarterback name. I think it does. Tom Brady, Mac Jones, similar, evil. I just, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I want to root for Mac Jones. So if he goes to the Patriots, I'm automatically going to hate him. But if I were the Patriots, this is what I would do. I would take Mac Jones and not look back. He is better than Cam Newton. He is way better than Cam Newton right now. You seem pretty certain. Like even in our episode a few uh, weeks back with the team needs, you identified quarterback as a need for them. I, well, we both did, and I think you were very adamant that they were going to take a quarterback in the first round and you think they should as well if they can get a quarterback i think i think there's a good chance all five guys are gone by 15 the patriots may need to trade up i didn't do any trades in this mock draft but if they're going to come out with a quarterback justin fields or mac jones are my guests for who they want and i i think the patriots didn't spend all this money to have cam newton underthrow guys by 15 yards again that's not going to happen they want to win a super bowl and Cam Newton isn't a Super Bowl winning player anymore. He's just not. He can't throw. Wow. Tell him how you really feel, Coop. Bro, no one like I want Cam Newton to be good. I like Cam Newton. It's just I watched him play football last year and he can't do it anymore. Like his injury is a two-year injury, so there's a chance he's better this season. But I wouldn't bet on it, would you? So I would probably err on the side that Cam Newton's gonna be decent this year. So yes, I would. Am I gonna Am I going to forego taking a, a franchise quarterback because I'm banking on one good year from Cam? Probably not. But um, I don't know. I, I think Cam will bounce back this year. He's not going to be MVP Cam, but I think he'll be somewhere between, oh boy, uh, the last few years in Carolina and what we saw last year. He was the 32nd best quarterback last year. If we're, <laughs> if we're maybe 33rd and there's only 32 teams. Like that's how <laughs> bad he was. So. They need to get a new guy in there. They really do. All right. Number 16 is Arizona. Who do you have them taking? Uh, J.C. Horn, cornerback, South Carolina. They lost Pat Peterson. This guy can be their number one corner. Big corner, six foot one, physical guy. Can come in right away and be your number one guy. I think this is a really easy pick to make. Okay, solid. The Raiders of Las Vegas are up next. Who do you have them taking at number 17? So this is what I would do. I don't think they're this smart. They need to take Jeremiah Owens Kolamora, the linebacker from Notre Dame. Some people think he's too small to play linebacker. He's basically the same size Darius Leonard is. 
I think he's an inch shorter, but about the same weight. He is a defensive weapon. He is a monster. If you watch any any Notre Dame any Notre Dame game, he is everywhere on the field. If you try and watch a different player, he just shows up. He makes plays. He kind of reminds me of Derwin James a little bit, in that he's just everywhere. You put him in the field and you just say, "Go do something." He'll take care of it. Oakland needs, sorry, Vegas needs help everywhere. Put this guy in and don't look back. He could be special. I think this is the first pick where I'm thinking they're going to do the exact opposite of what you just said. Yeah, probably. I, I, if you play him at linebacker or safety, I think John Gruden isn't creative enough to understand this, that you just put him on the field and he'll figure it out. Like, he's really good at football. You need football players. Put him on the field. It'll work. Yeah, this makes too much sense. Yeah. So they, pro- they probably <laughs> don't do this. Yeah. All right. Number 18, familiar face, Miami. I have them taking Jalen Phillips, the edge defensive end from Miami. Uh, Jalen Phillips had the best comb. There was no combine, but the best pro day numbers of anyone. He ran a ridiculous 40, three cone drill off the charts. Freak athlete, six foot five, 265. Uh, went to UCLA originally and then kept getting hurt and actually retired from football and then came back to Miami. He only got to play this year. Because Gregory Gregory Rousseau was sat out and he dominated college football. He was amazing. If he didn't have the injury concerns, he'd probably be a top 10 pick. He is that kind of upside, that kind of athlete, that kind of player. The injury concerns are really worrisome, though. He retired once. There's no telling he wouldn't Andrew Luckett and do it again. So I think this is just Miami needs an edge defender. Uh, it makes too much sense to college player, college town. But if he gets hurt, there's no telling how bad it could be. But I think the upside is worth it 100%. And that is the second pick for the Dolphins, just as a recap. And um, again, this is what Coop thinks each team slash GM should do, not what he thinks they're going to do. Yeah, all these teams aren't as smart as me. They're going to mess this up 100%. (laughs) All right, number 19 is the Washington football team. Who do you have them taking? I'm taking Micah Parsons, the linebacker from Penn State. Uh, Ron Rivera will love this kid. He kind of reminds me of Anthony Barr, where he can play uh, the weak side linebacker, be excellent on blitzes. I think he could have eight sacks a year as an off-ball linebacker. I really do. He's that kind of weapon. The Washington defense is actually really good. But if you put them him behind Chase Young in that great defensive line, they become insane to stop. I would do that 100%. All the five quarterbackers, quarterbacks are gone. Do this. Hope Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't turn the ball over and have your defense allow six points a game. Also, Micah Parsons would have been a higher pick, but he has a lot of off-field concerns. He's gotten in some trouble in his life. So there's a good chance he falls past this, but the talent is there to be a really high pick in this draft. All right, sounds good. 20, Chicago Bears. Who do you have them taking? The Chicago Bears just need an offensive weapon. They have so many holes. Uh, they're running back. I don't think is good. He played kind of well at the end of the year. They have Andy Dalton as quarterback, which is an issue. Allen Robinson is like a hostage right now. He does not want to be there. So I have them taking a new receiver, Rashad Bateman from Minnesota. An excellent route runner. Uh, really fast player. He ran a 4-4, which people think, didn't think he was going to run that fast, but I don't think he's going to be a great number one receiver. I kind of see some of Reggie Wayne. He plays bigger than he is. He has really long arms, which helps him get balls. because he's only, he's only six feet tall. His draft card originally had him at 6'2", 6'3". 
And then he got measured like, wait, buddy, you're not that tall. So I think the Reggie Wayne comparison is pretty good. Same kind of body. Great routes. I think he is the perfect number two receiver in this league. Allen Robinson stays them two together where it makes a lot of sense to me. Even these damn Colts receiver comparisons, Coop. What I know. <laughs> Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, get out of here. Oh, and as luck would have it, number 21, Indianapolis Colts. Go ahead. I have them taking Quiddy Pay, defensive end from Michigan. Extremely impressive body. 6'4", totally rocked up, 265. This dude looks like a statue. He's built like that. Uh, the sack numbers were less than impressive, but the intensity was always there. He was a team captain. I, that's what Chris Ballard looks for in a player. And I know this. I think the upside isn't as high as some later some guys that I have one a little bit later. But I think that the kind of player the Colts need, this is the perfect fit. The hardworking guy, extremely, extremely hardworking. He is the first guy in the building, last guy out. I think this pick makes a lot of sense. He'll be a locker room leader, which is what the Colts look for. And they need a defensive end so badly. They really need help there. Yeah, it's interesting because you and I both identified uh you know, help there at that position as the Colts' uh, primary need. So I was debating between him and another guy, and the guy comes off the board a little bit later. But the issues for this guy are why I did not take him there. I just, the, I, I could never see him being on the Colts. I don't think it fits. I'll get to that player later, and I'll explain, I'll explain why. Okay, that's fair. Number two, Tennessee Titans. Who do you have them taking? Number 22. Tennessee Titans. Did I say I number two? You did. Oh, number 22. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> I have not taken Caleb Farley, cornerback from Virginia Tech. Uh, Farley could be a much higher pick. He's having, he had two back surgeries. The tape is excellent. Tennessee cut all their corners. They got nobody left. Dory Jackson's gone. Logan Ryan's gone. Malcolm Butler's gone. They need corners badly. If Farley stays healthy, he has the chance to be like the second best corner in this class. The injuries are worrisome, but I would take the, I would take the risk because I think the upside is very, very high. All right. That's solid. I'm sure you wouldn't want to give a division rival a very good player, but you know, <laughs> kudos to you. Yeah. I'm a nice right. guy. Up next, J E T S New York jets, courtesy of Seattle Seahawks at number 23. Who do you have them taking? Alex Leatherwood, offensive tackle, Alabama. Uh, Leatherwood, before this season, he looked like a top five pick in the draft. He was a, a dominant left tackle at Alabama. This year, he didn't play as well. I'm not sure if like the, the draft hype kind of got to him or what the issue was. Uh, but the upside is gigantic. The Jets need to protect whoever is playing for them. If it's Justin Fields and my mock or Zach Wilson, as everyone thinks. They took Mackay Beckton last year. At left tackle. Leatherwood can play right tackle. He did it before. If Bethany gets hurt, which happened last year, he can slide up and play left tackle at a very high level. He's going to be a good NFL player. Like he just is. He is gigantic. So I was reading this thing and they did a report of why offensive tackles failed, what made them succeed. And I think this is kind of my mistake was before i thought technique and things were the most important it turns out size is the most important thing orlando brown jr was what made me see this people thought he was just too big that his feet weren't good enough but because he was so big they couldn't get around him 
So he became a really good right tackle and played left tackle. This guy isn't Orlando Brown big, but he is humongous. The Jets protect their quarterback, build a great offensive line. This makes too much sense. Makes sense. Good pick. Um, 24, Pittsburgh Steelers. Who do you have Pittsburgh taking at 24? Landon Dickerson. Offensive center from Alabama. He is the best interior player in this draft. He tore his ACL in the semifinals of the college football playoffs. If he didn't do that, I would have had him gone at 13, probably. He is that elite a player. The ACL injury isn't as worrisome as it used to be. All reports are he'll be fine for uh, football starting. If not, it comes back October. It's not a huge issue. Pouncey retired, and they got a guy that has upside as high, if not higher, than Pouncey's. This guy is a crazy athlete, was doing cartwheels at the championship game with a torn ACL. He's a freak. Uh, great movement, really smart player. Pittsburgh, Big Ben is old. Like, he can't move anymore. Give him help. I like Dickerson a lot. All right. I don't know if I should commend doing cartwheels or I think <laughs> it was idiotic with a torn ACL, but sure. Um, he took a snap in the championship game. He had a torn ACL and he wanted to play. So he took a snap in the game. He took the game was over. Alabama dominated, but he came in with a torn ACL. I was like, "Yeah, I'll, I'm okay. I'll take a snap." The guy's a freak. Sounds reckless, but yeah, yeah. Some would say you he's have to be reckless to be an offensive lineman. You have to. Your mind's not right when you have these gigantic humans coming after you. Like it's a crazy person to do this job. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> All right, so uh, number twenty-five, a pick that I don't like very much, but. Uh, Jacksonville, courtesy of my Los Angeles Rams. The Rams got Jalen Ramsey, so it's not that I don't like that we got Jalen Ramsey. It's just that I don't like how many picks we give out. Like, it's, uh, you know, dispensable. So who do you have Jacksonville taking at 25? Honestly, man, I'm really mad you did that soliloquy because I was going to say, no, 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 wait. The Rams are up next. I was going to do a whole bit on you. I had it planned out. And you ruined that for me, so thanks a lot for that. I'm glad. I'm really glad. Hey, really quick. When is the next... What was the last first-round pick you have, and when is the next first-round pick you have? I can't remember. I'm trying to think. I know Gurley... We had to pick someone since Gurley in the first round. Did I you? honestly don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. I remember Gurley. It was Jared Goff. Oh, yeah, Goff. Right, him and Wentz. Jesus. He, he was the last first-round pick you had. And you won't have another one till 2024. Yeah, 2024. So obviously that Jared Goff pick five years ago doesn't look that great right now. Um, but I still stand by the girly pick at 10 overall. Okay, so for the Jaguars, I usually like giving the first-round quarterback weapons on offense immediately. I want to give them a running back. I want to give them a receiver. But in this draft, Christian Barmore from Alabama, the defensive tackle, fell. He has top up 15 upside. He is crazy athlete he's a really big human being moves extremely well the titans and colts are run the ball and the jaguars are not good at stopping the run yet they have some decent pass rushers but having this guy in there to stop the run makes a lot of sense to me i think he helps build their defense more than a number two receiver would for jacksonville right now sounds good i hope the pick is terrible for jacksonville so i feel better uh 26 it's okay, cleveland so and the reason why I stalled uh, when I was looking at it is because I was like, this is a t- the first team that I've come across on the board that I was like, do they need to even select anyone? There was 
a team that could have traded out in the first round. So I did this mock yesterday before the Jadavion Clowney news came out. I still think if they sign Jadavion, it'll be a one-year deal. So I still have them taking a pass rusher. They tried to get J.J. Watt. I have them taking Gregory Rousseau, defensive end from Miami. He's six foot seven, 260, just really big. He had the second most sacks in college football in 2019, only behind Chase Young. People thought he had top five potential in this draft. He then did not play this year. He opted out. And then the athletic testing that came up, he did really poorly. Bad 40, bad three cone, bad everything, basically. I still think the upside's there. Him across from Miles Garrett would be terrifying if he puts things together. And I think he could put things together. I still believe in this kid, but I mentioned that he wouldn't fit on the Colts. I just, for someone that doesn't train as hard as you think, because I think the athletic numbers could have been better. They just weren't. He, I don't know if he didn't train hard enough or what the issue was, but I think on Cleveland, if they coached him up and got him to work harder, he could be an outstanding pass rusher in this league. That's solid. Good pick. Uh, 27 is staying in the AFC North. Baltimore. I have Baltimore taking Aziz Ojulari, the edge from Georgia. I don't think this guy fits on most teams. He's kind of undersized. He's a pass rusher. I don't know if he could play linebacker. I'm not sure he's a good cover run linebacker. He needs to be a pass rusher. That's what Baltimore does. Baltimore has weird weird defensive fronts. He could could drop back a little bit. They lost Matt Judon, so they need to replace him. He is a crazy athlete. He's a really smart player. I think Baltimore is the best place for him to succeed. I think if he goes to different teams, I could see him failing pretty easily just because of his size. I'm not, I, I don't think he could be like a four, three end. I think he has to be a three, four outside linebacker. I think this is the best place for him. So like, some people have him going top 15 and just with his body type, I don't see it. That means it's almost certainly going to happen. Oakland's taking him hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. All right. Number 28. Overall, the New Orleans Saints. Who do you have them taking? I've been taking Greg Newsom Jr., cornerback from Northwestern. So they need a number two corner before Lattimore got in trouble with the law. They might need a number one corner now. I he is really he's a really smart player. He went to Northwestern, obviously a really smart guy, really physical player. I really like his game a lot. I'm not sure athletically he could be the number one corner, but I think he's a great number two. I think he is the perfect guy for that defense. That would really help them out a lot. Okay. Another one of your favorite teams. Yeah. Um, Number 29, the Green Bay Packers. Who do you have them taking? I have them taking Cardarius Tony, wide receiver from Florida. He has the best. He is the best receiver in this draft with the ball in his hands. Maybe after Devontae Smith. He's crazy. He makes everyone like the first tackler never tackles him. Like just. Just watch his, I watched four games from him. Just go back and watch his highlight film because it's ridiculous. He doesn't make sense how he does these things. He, I think that the Packers, like Jordan Love is going to love throwing to this kid. It's going to be so much fun when Jordan Love is the new Packers quarterback next year because they hate Aaron Rodgers. Because the only way the Packers take a receiver here is to just spite Aaron Rodgers and say, hey, we never gave you a receiver, but the new guy gets one. So F you, Rogers. Go host Jeopardy, you scumbag. Like, I think that's gonna happen. That Rogers last year is the when they when they take a receiver. I think this guy fits the Matt LaFleur offense really well. Gadgets, his best position is the slot. 
having just 12 yard ins, cuts, screens. He is really fast. He's really dynamic. And I love this fit for the Packers offense. Even though the Packers do not deserve them, they don't deserve him. They don't deserve Aaron Rodgers. The Packers, uh, Gutenquest, I hate your guts forever. I'll always hate them. I will hate them forever. And the fact that you defend them makes me sick a little bit. They reached the NFC Championship game last year. Yeah, they could have used a receiver. Um, they should have taken one over. I'm not saying they had to take it in the first take the receiver in the first round, but they should have taken one in the draft or traded for Will Fuller, man. I'm not defending what they did throughout. Let me ask you a real quick question. How many snaps did Jordan Love take last season in the NFL? Zero. Yeah. So a first round pick you trade up for taking zero snaps. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know, but I'm not too good at football stuff. Is that good or bad? (laughs) I honestly think part of it was, or I think there's two reasons. I I think one, they kind of doubted what Aaron Rodgers had left in the tank. And two, I think they thought he'd probably get hurt for like four games or more. I hate you so much, Packers. I'm so furious still. I'll never forgive them for wasting his years. And for the record, there's no way the Packers take a receiver here. They're definitely taking another backup quarterback. Kyle Trask, quarterback, Florida. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you want to you want to jump on uh, the Packers brass a little bit more, or you're good? Now we can move on. I'm going to see him in the streets one day. Settle wow. it then. Wow. Threats. Uh, <laughs> Buffalo at number 30. Who do you have the Bills taking? That's how you just said threats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, <laughs> threats. Uh, the Bills. So I have a rule that I never take a running back in round one. But the Bills don't have many holes, and I love this running back. I haven't taken Najee Harris, running back from Alabama. This late, I'm okay with. I wasn't mad. The Chiefs did it last year for the running back that will not be named because. Webb keeps insulting me about him, but (laughs) Najee Harris is a three down back. He is, he is six, two. He's built like a crazy person. He's really physical. The bills don't have a guy like that in their team right now. I think if they take him, Josh Allen might actually run a little less, which might be better for his long-term future. I think just based on talent, Najee Harris is probably a top 15 player in this class. I think this value is so so hard to ignore. I couldn't pass it up because he fits the, one of their biggest needs and he's an elite talent and he makes their team way better. Okay. So the first running back off the board uh, has been selected by Coop and he's actually going to be going to the Buffalo Bills. Yes. All right. So the genius team that took the running back in 2020 in the first round, <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs are up next uh, at pick 31. Who do you have them taking? I've been taking Liam Eichenberg, offensive tackle from Notre Dame. All Notre Dame does is produce first round left tackles. I think the last three or four of them had gone in the first round. Uh, I think he's a really good athlete, really good size. I think he can gain 15 pounds. He's only he's 6'6", 305. I want him a little bigger. Uh, some people think he needs to move inside the guard. I think he can play tackle. I think he can play left or right tackle. The Chiefs need tackle help. Uh, a lot went already, but I think they need that they need to protect Mahomes. They lost the Super Bowl because they were not capable of doing that. Uh, admittedly, I am much higher on this guy than most. 
if the Colts took him at 21, I would not be upset about it. I really like his player. I think he's going to be successful. I don't think he'll ever be the 10th, like a top 10 tackle, but I think he'll solidly be like 15 to 17 for like eight years, which is really valuable. Good rationale. Yeah. And sometimes hitting know. a double is better than hit, than striking out. You know what I mean? Like hitting a solid double, it's no, it's not a bad thing. You're putting points up. It's good. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I agree with that. Um, the final team that we have, Super Bowl champions, unfortunately, uh, <laughs> Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who do you have them taking at uh, pick 32? So this was actually a really hard pick because they, they really don't have many needs. They were they they brought back 21 of 22 starters, I think. I thought about a running back because Leonard Fournette's only on a one-year deal. Ronald Jones, like, kind of mediocre. Antonio Brown's gone. Chris Godwin... Mike Evans aren't the healthiest guys of all time. And Brady still throws a great deep ball. So I have him taking Rondale Moore, wide receiver from Purdue. He could be one of the best deep threats in football. He can be the return man right away. I think he ran a 4-2-9-40. And he plays that fast. He looks blazing fast on film. I think he's a much better version of Scotty Miller. And I think, I think Brady would love throwing to him. Their Super Bowl window is obviously open. They just won it. So build on a strength, get another elite elite guy that can take the top off defenses and just be explosive. All right. And that closes out your uh, mock draft 1.0. And this is, again, for the listeners who Coop thinks GM slash teams should select with their picks in the first round. Not necessarily... Who are they going to screw up and actually take? <laughs> do you think we should do one at the end before the draft? We'll come back. We'll do one together of who they will take. That's going to be stupid. Um, yeah. Sure. Okay. Maybe we should do it at the end. Sure. Because I'm just going to get the Packers another quarterback until they prove me wrong. <laughs> okay. Whatever, man. I hate him so much, Web. I hate him so much. And they're going to be in the NFC Championship game again. Watch. And they're not going to win it again because yeah, it's going to keep happening. Probably. probably. Infuriating. You All know, right. Rodgers might actually take the job at Jeopardy host, by the way. Like, he's seriously considered taking that job now. That's how furious he is at the Packers. <laughs> going to host Jeopardy for 40 years. It's ridiculous. Best quarterback of a generation take playing host in Jeopardy. 6.30 on weeknights. Is that so, when it comes up? I think it's on 6.30 or 7.30, yeah. Right. Because people like you, Webb, it's your fault. Yes, it's my fault. I called him and said, take this job. You agreed that Jordan Love is the best player of all time. You pushed Rodgers at the door of the only team that's ever loved him. I can't wait until Jordan Love is good. And I love Aaron Rodgers. He's my favorite quarterback of all time. Tell your face, because it looks disgusted right now in Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. Uh, I think that – did you like the picks? What did you think of the draft? I thought it was was good. So – I think I was telling you before that I did some research. I think I'm going to wait until I have my uh, mock draft later this week before I tell you. But some of your picks, I mean, I have no issues with your picks, but I'm not someone who likes to really go with tradition. Um, So like receivers going early, uh, quarterbacks necessarily going as early as they did. I probably won't stick to that so that's just kind of a uh, a preview 
just just for the listeners out there, Webb sent me a text today like, hey, Coop, for the first time in my life, I did research for the podcast and you cannot wait to hear it on today's show. No, I was like, tell me what it is. You're like, wait for the show tonight. And I was like, ooh, I can't wait. And now you're saying next show, Webb, you're the worst person. <laughs> the worst. Yeah, sorry, man. Well, okay. I'll, so, so I was looking at like the past like two decades of drafts and like just looking over the trends and like the success and obviously nobody has a crystal ball now i'm just looking at trends man and like i've seen things like where let's say four or five receivers or more go in one in a round it's never like a huge crop of good receivers and like last year we saw that just as an example the 2020 year and it's supposed to be a deep receiver class this year we saw what six receivers go in the first round last year. And like they could, I'd say four or five of them could be really good off the bat, but then maybe not like, um, and we've seen other years where like a lot of receivers go. So I'll just, I'll just say as an example, 2005, like I went, I went deep. I went all the way back 2005. Braylon Edwards was the number three pick overall. Troy Williamson was the number seven pick overall. Mike Williams. Yeah. Mike Williams, number 10. Three of the top 10 picks were uh, receivers. None of those guys did anything at all with their careers. So, like, really had a career. He was good. He was the pro bowler for a year or two. He was, he had had some time. He was the number three overall pick. He had one pro bowl season. That's terrible. I think he had like 1,400 yards one year. He had a really good year or two. Yeah. He had, he had a good year. It was either on the Jets or on Cleveland. I don't remember which. It was one. On Cleveland. But like, if you look at it, like, I want to stay away from these guys. Like, I prefer taking defensive players, uh, uh, offensive linemen, um, and obviously quarterbacks earlier on. But like, some of these receivers, like, I'll sit back on like, uh, you know, 2004, Larry Fitzgerald, number three, future Hall of Famer for sure. But then you have Roy Williams, Roy Williams, number seven. Yeah, Reggie Williams, number nine. Like, if I saw Roy Williams on the street, I'd probably know what he looked like. But Reggie Williams, probably not. I have no idea who that is. Yeah. I genuinely don't know who Reggie Williams is. I know who Roy Williams is. Yeah. I do not remember Reggie Williams even a little bit. Exactly. I should be clear. For my mock, I tried to keep the players in a certain range, too. Like, Like, if you think a quarterback shouldn't be taken in round one, you think it's a bad waste of a pick. But I know he's going to go in round. I tried to include them just to give it kind of like make it kind of reasonable. Like there's no way that Jamar Chase, like I even gave my reasoning. I don't think, but I know he's going to go in the top 10. So I was like, I have to do this because I know it's realistic. I'm not going to have him fall out of the first round, even though I have some holes in his game. But I'm, I think if you had him at 27, it's like, what the hell are you doing? Do you know what I mean? I had to keep it like a little bit reasonable. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because if he's sitting there, there's nowhere twenty six teams or however yeah. many teams are gonna pass him. That makes sense. I'm not, I'm not faulting what you, what you selected. I'm just like using this as like a preamble from my picks. And like, if you see a player a little lower than the range that they probably will go, um, that's why. Like, I, I was just look, I was just going into the drafts, and I, I just find that there are a lot of picks wasted on guys like EJ Manuel. Um, yeah, I'm sure. trying to think. Like just a, a bunch Blake of guys, Bortles. Like Blake Bortles, um, Darren McFadden, who had like 
probably like amazing potential and like when he was healthy on the field he produced but flamed out really early man like it's so it's it, it's crazy under account too because like i had guys like no one has rondale Moore in the first round i haven't seen anyone having alex leatherwood Lennon dickerson like i went with a lot of offensive linemen much earlier than they're gonna than people have them for that exact reason Offensive lineman in the first round is almost always a good pick. You always get value for it. So I move, I move more, more of those guys up than other people are doing. Yeah. and I tried and to. I, I thought you were going to go more receiver heavy, but you didn't have that many receivers. Like, they kind of went in clusters, but they weren't like – they didn't go that early in your draft. Yeah, I had three, and then I had a fourth one at 20, and then the 32. That's it. Yeah. I But some have like eight. And I was like, no, that's too much. Like – other positions are more valuable because I agree with you. Yeah. But I just know that those first three guys are going to be gone in the first 15 picks. And I tried to keep it kind of reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fair. And like, I'll just, I'll, I'll get into it a little bit more. So, like, if mine sounds like crazy, it's probably because it's not going to happen because these are like trends and like, you know, the paradigm that a lot of the GMs have. But uh, Coop still went, uh, I think he still went against the grain and like tried to apply what he thought made more sense rather than um, what he thought was going to happen. Like I haven't seen Tevin Jenkins, uh, Liam Eikenberg, Alex Leatherwood. I had a a lot of offensive linemen. Uh, Jalen Phillips, I had going at 18 on, he is at 40 in a lot of mock drafts. Like I tried to to keep things, but like when I watched these guys, I was like, these guys jump off the tape. The upside is too good to pass up and they might not go high because of injury concerns, but the player is just so good, but yeah, I hate those mock drafts. If I just copied Mel Kuyper's draft and put it up there, what that's not interesting to anybody. It's just Mel Kuyper's mock draft. How to be better and more interesting. I have, a, I have a question for you. Yes. Approximately how many tight ends do you think were drafted in the last 20 drafts? So from 2001 to 2020. Like overall or around? Sorry, around? in the first round, in the first round. Sorry about that. In 20 years? Yeah. Uh, 22? No. 18. All right, you're really close. It's 17. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, I I thought one a year, but then I remembered a few years ago that none went in the first round. And I was like, okay, probably a couple of times that happened. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, how many running backs would you say went in the last 20 drafts in the first round? So in the last few years, it's went down so much. So I would say in 20 years, 25, 26? 38. Wow. Yeah. But you're right, though. The, it definitely tapered off in the last few years. Yeah, the, I remember a couple years ago, none went in the first round. Yeah. Yeah. And they either go at like two or three, and then no one goes for a while. Yeah. Yeah. 38. Wow, that's crazy. That's a lot. Yeah. And how many receivers do you think went? Wow. Uh, first round. 53. Yeah. So I'm going to double check this. But I, you know, give me a margin of error for one or two, but. 74. Yeah, 74. Wow. Yeah, I was I was low. You're right. I guess way too low. I was thinking two and a half, but it's gotta be at least three or four. Yeah. The NFL draft is crazy, man. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. Have you started working on yours yet? You're so listeners, Webb is releasing his Thursday. Have you started working on it yet? Yeah, this is this is a a, a work in progress. This is something that like you draft, you draft your draft, your mock draft, and then like you wake up the next day and you're like, no, no, this doesn't make sense. You have to like 
come back with fresh eyes, look at it again. Like it, it's multiple versions, iterations of this thing that you gotta, you have to do. I want to tell the listeners what happened. So we were talking about who was going to do their mock draft first. And I said, hey, Webb, who do you want to go first? And then I waited 12 minutes. I was like, no, it's going to be me. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a true story. 12 minutes, timestamped, literally. Yeah. Webb was like, you're pathetic. <laughs> I was like, no argument, man. 100% accurate. Yeah. He, okay. uh, Coop is a sick person. Really am. Okay, so that is my first mock draft. Coop's official first round prediction for what the team should do. We'll be back Thursday with a great guest and Webb will be releasing his first mock draft. It will not be as good as mine, but he will make a solid effort, I think. But it'll be it'll be worse for sure. Oh, whatever. And 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 you know what? Like we didn't consult before this. Everything that you guys heard, it was the first time I heard it too. I mean, obviously Trevor Lawrence was no shock there, but um uh yeah, so there's no sort of consultation or collaboration, so Coop and I may have overlap. We may not. Webb wanted me to go first because he wants to copy my mock draft 100%. All right, how about this? If we do another draft, I'll go first. If we do another version of the first round, I'll go first. Sure you will, buddy. Sure you will. Okay. <laughs> Get ready for Web on Thursday. Everyone, please follow us on Twitter, at Rookie Phenoms. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. We have some gigantic news coming we cannot share yet. But Webb and I are so excited to talk about it because it's going to be gigantic. 100%. Coop is just bursting at the seams to talk about this thing. <laughs> I'm a little bit more uh, reserved and tight-lipped about it. But Coop, he's going to spill the beans one of these days, man. Webb is a genuine buzzkill. He just hates <laughs> having good times. He's just the worst person. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just trying not to, you know build it up too much Coop's just loose lips over here thank you for listening have a great night we out <laughs>